Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? That's a haunting question. your Bible open or your app open to chapter 5, verse 1, Book of Romans. Um, that would be very helpful. It's always good to have the Scriptures in your hand, feel, touch, see, smell, if you've got a leather Bible, and, uh, you know, full sensory impact of, of the Scriptures on, on, on your life. Now, the text that I want to use this morning is just the first verse, so don't panic when 20 minutes from now it's 12 o'clock and I'm still on verse 1. All right? I know that. I'll, I'll be done by then, okay? So don't, don't worry about it. But verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to give to you, this is the whole sermon, uh, so I want to give to you the, the, the three key phrases uh, of that verse. By faith, we have peace through Jesus Christ. I want for us to think about peace with God and living out that peace with God and, and what it means to have peace with God. I mean, if, if you're like me, the phrase peace with God sort of sounds like a, guy, a lot of guys who are up in a monastery wearing dresses, well, cassocks, I guess. But, but anyway, but they're up in the monastery and they're, and they're praying, they have peace with God and it's tranquil and the birds are singing. That is not what peace of God is all about. Peace with God is all about fulfilling the purpose for your creation and my creation. You remember we saw this at the very beginning of the book of Romans. We are created for the glory of God. The purpose of our creation is that our Father in heaven would receive praise, honor, adoration, worship, that he would be accounted worthy of all obedience and praise. We would glorify God. That's why we were created. But something has gone dramatically wrong. We've decided that we'd rather not have God the creator. We'd rather worship the creation. We worship things. We worship idols. We worship birds and beasts and snakes and lizards, which is what we make idols of. We, we worship things that are created rather than, rather than worshiping the creator. And as a result of that, Sin is in our lives, dysfunctionality, the, there's a brokenness, we're not connected up with the, with the wisdom and the power of heaven, and life is just falling apart. Now, we try to get around that. Some people try to be really, really good. If I'm good, then the universe will be good to me. You know, I'll have this good karma thing going or something. Some people try religion. I try to be very, very religious and, and walk around with, with uh, you know, Bibles or prayer wheels or candles or bells, you know, pick whatever religion. We, we, we try to be religious. And what Paul tells us in this letter is religion doesn't cut it either. In point of fact, all of us are sinners. We have all uh, sinned against God and fallen short. There's no one righteous, no, not even one. We are all failing dramatically. But the good news is this, that now the righteousness of God, the way that he brings us back from our rebellion against him and he brings us into a life that glorifies him, that is being revealed. That kind of righteous life, righteousness, is being revealed to us now in Jesus Christ. It's not a matter of religion, it's a matter of a relationship with Jesus. And now we are saved by the grace of God and we appropriate that. It comes into our lives and all we do is believe. All we do is have faith. All we do is trust in the promises of 
God. And that means we are justified. Now, that having happened then, because of that, justified by faith, by faith, we have peace with God. Some translations render that, let us have peace with God. Some render it, um, um, may we have peace with God. Um, in the end, the difference is, is insignificant. It's essentially this, in Jesus Christ, God uh, comes to us. We have peace with God, our Heavenly Father, and now we just need to live it out. We just need to let it live out in our lives. So, by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's, that's the whole thing right there. Now, what I want to tell you is this is a little bit harder for me to do than it is to say, all right? I mean, the peace with God thing, I can pretty much pull off in a sermon. Uh, if, you're, if we're talking one-on-one, -on -one, I can give you the theory of it and Scripture and those kinds of things. But in my life, this peace with God thing is a little bit harder than it sounds. Now, there are times when, yes, let us have peace with God. And all I'm thinking is, what is he up to? Now, when, when is he going to show up? Now, what, what is God doing? The peace with God thing sometimes is a lot harder to do than it is to talk about. But I want to talk about it and give us some idea of how we can experience the peace of God in our lives. It comes to those three phrases, by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. See, I want to give you a picture of what a life lived out in the peace of God uh, looks like. And I want to use for my example a fellow you may have heard of. His name is Jesus. And Jesus came to earth. He, 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 had, uh, he was like the son of the Father, the only begotten son of God, had perfect peace with God. And I want to tell you what peace of God meant in the life of Jesus. The first thing it meant was that he experienced opposition. He had peace with God, and yet there are people all around him who are trying to stop him from living out in that peace and stop him from glorifying the Father. I mean, he had all kinds of folks. He had the Pharisees who were coming in, and they were constantly asking him irritating questions. One time they came to him, they said, Jesus, they talked like that back then. <laughs> they did. Archaeologists found a recording of it. <laughs> you don't know. There may be time travel in the future that, okay, all right. <laughs> When they came and said, Jesus, there was a man who had a wife, and he died, and then his brother married his wife, and the second brother died, and the third brother married the wife, and then he died, and the fourth brother. You'd think the fifth brother would get the hint, and, you know, so, but, but anyway, but, you know, but after a while, seven brothers had married the same woman. When they get to heaven, you know, whose wife will he be? It was actually Sadducees, but they're just as irritating. And Jesus said, are you kidding me? That's what you want to know? I'm here from the Father, come down from heaven. I have the insight, the wisdom, the way, the truth, the life, all majesty, glory. It's available right here now. And you want to talk about the technicalities of marriage law. I mean, they were irritating him all the time. You, you know that the lawyers were always nitpicking at everything Jesus did. Jesus, you didn't do that quite right. You're not fasting the right way. Your disciples don't fast the right way. You're not praying the right way. Jesus, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. You've never known anybody like that. But in Jesus' life, there were these nitpickers who were always finding problems with what he was doing. Shall I mention the Romans? You know, after a while, the Romans thought, this guy's got to go. 
We don't really care that much about him, but he's, he's sort of upsetting the political apple, apple cart. He has got to go. And so they crucified him. But Jesus had perfect peace with his Father in heaven. It doesn't mean that you don't have opposition. You know, in this world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have opposition. You're going to have people who are, who are just down on you. In my life, I've only known one person that I thought was really out to get me. But Debbie apologized, and so we were, <laughs> nah. nah. But, 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 it, it, you know, but I've only really known one person out to get me, but I've known a lot of people who weren't working for me, who weren't interested in my well-being. I think basically they were clumsy. They weren't really mean and malicious about it, but there was opposition in my life. But the Scripture says that by faith we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. And what that means is we look to the life of Jesus and we say, here is the one who had perfect peace with the Father, perfect peace with God. And what did he do with his opponents? Well, first he called them hypocrites, you know, and that'll make you feel better, so go ahead and do that. But, the, but what Jesus ultimately did for his opponents was he went to the cross for them. Some of them he washed their feet. Oh, those were disciples. You know, you, you read the Scriptures, they, they were sort of a drag on the ministry more than anything else. What did he do? He came to seek and to save the lost, and every time he saw an opponent, he saw someone that his heavenly Father loved and that he loved dramatically. And that transformed the situation. And because he had peace with, with his Father in heaven, he had enough confidence in his own life and confidence in his own calling that he wasn't threatened by the opposition, but he could stay with his eyes focused on the cross and do what his Father in heaven had asked him to do. So you can have peace with God. Opposition will come your way, but the peace with God is a foundation by which you get through those times of opposition. The other thing that, um, that uh, Jesus experienced perfect peace with the Father, but he experienced abandonment. I mean, sometimes people just cut and run when they should have been there supporting him. That may have happened to you. There's a time when Jesus got finished feeding the 5,000. You remember that? Multiplied the fish and the loaves, and miraculously, he fed 5,000 people. And they came and said, Jesus, we want to make you king. And Jesus said, no, that's not exactly what I had in mind. Let me tell you what I had in mind. What I have in mind is that you partake of me, because unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you just don't have any life in you. The people said, whoa, Jesus, that's like really, really hard to understand, and they left him. And the disciples, the 12 disciples were the only ones left, and he turned to them and he said, are you going to leave too? And they said, well, Jesus, we don't have any place else to go. I mean, there was a ringing endorsement. But, you know, we, you know where are we going to go, Jesus? You know, you're the, you're the only game in town, I guess. See, he suffered that abandonment. And when he went to the cross, you know, those who should have, you know, just rise up and, 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 and take his cause and, and demand that, that this injustice of, of crucifixion not, not take place, but they were nowhere to be found. He was abandoned by those who should have supported him. But peace with the Father gave him the confidence to know that his Father in heaven would never abandon him. He would never be alone, never be forsaken. And so he was able to go through the times of abandonment with peace in his heart because he had peace with God. One of the things that happens when you have peace with God is that you suffer misunderstanding. 
Jesus had people misunderstanding him all the time. You remember this. Jesus would say something here, and the disciples understand it here. He'd talk about heaven, they'd think about earth. He'd say spiritual things, they'd think material things. He was talking about sacrifice, take up a cross, daily follow me. They were talking about, oh, let's be kings, let's sit on, on thrones, let's be judges of Israel. He was talking about the, the agony and the pain of the cross. They were thinking about the glory of, of, of being vindicated as God's people. They were just missing it entirely. They just, they, they did not understand. And what did he do about it? Besides just shaking his head and scratching his, you know what, what is it? He kept teaching them. He kept on teaching them. He kept giving them the truth. They never did get it, by the way. Not until after the resurrection. They never did quite understand what Jesus was about until he rose from the dead. And they started having all those aha moments where, where, yeah, so that's what you meant. Uh, Now I see what you were getting. So that's how that fits in. And all of it came to pass after the resurrection. But in his life, he was misunderstood up one side, down the other. There was, by the way, only one person who understood Jesus during his earthly ministry. I won't keep you in suspense. It was the thief on the cross. As Jesus was dying, the thief on the cross said, this man has done nothing wrong. Jesus, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And I kind of think what God did there was he said, Jesus, nobody else gets it. I'm going to give you one. I'm going to give you one guy who gets it. I'm going to give you one guy who will go with you through the cross, and he's going to meet you on the other side in paradise. I'm going to give you at least one to get you through this. I can't prove that, but I think that's what happened. But everybody else misunderstood. His friends didn't didn't get it. They were misunderstood. But when you're misunderstood, but you have peace with God, and you understand that by faith in Jesus Christ, I have a unity with with the Father who who is using my life for his glory. That peace and unity with God gets me through the times of misunderstanding. And folks, there are some people who will never understand you. I don't understand you. (laughs) For those who you don't know, this is my wife, and I'm in deep danger right now. (laughs) But peace with God means you'll be forgiving and loving and kind. I'm going to stand over here for a minute. Jesus had peace with the Father, and he was rejected. He was rejected. Those who should have received him, they rejected him. When he came into his own, his own received him not. He went into his hometown. They tried to stone him. He talked to his kinsmen, the Jews. They crucified him. You know, you you go to Jesus. He says, Jesus, did you ever experience rejection? He says, yeah, I kind of did. You remember that cross thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what did you do with those people who rejected you? And Jesus would answer, I pretty much died for them. I pretty much forgave them. I pretty much realized that only the power of God could change their lives, and I was going to present that every day and every way until it broke through. I was going to be faithful to my father because I have, I have peace with my father that gets me through this, these times of rejection with other folks. So there's a lot of things you experience when you have peace with God, and a lot of them are like everyday life. You know, the opposition, the abandonment, the misunderstanding, the rejection. 
mean, it all means that even though Jesus had perfect peace with God, there were times when he needed to just get away from it all, just go off someplace by himself and pray and update the relationship and get back in, in, in sync with what was, what, was, what was happening in the world and just be totally obedient to his, to his father. He just needed to get away for that. But what happened was that his peace with God, peace with his Father in heaven, got him through the times of conflict and turmoil on earth. That's why I give you those phrases, by faith we have peace through Jesus Christ. You know, some of the conflict we experience is because just bad things happen sometimes. Sometimes sometimes you just collide with really bad things in your life. Uh, You run into a virus, you get the flu. You run into a dump truck, you have an accident. Sometimes you just run into people who who are just mean and nasty. You know, sometimes just bad things happen to you. And my tendency in those times is to say, God, what are you up to? Didn't you know I was one of the good guys? You know, I I go to church, I read my Bible, I tithe the mint and the cumin. No, those were other people, but that's where I am. Uh, You know, I'm, I'm one of the good guys. What is happening here, God? And that's the very moment when you need to remember, it's by faith. It's by trusting in the love and the wisdom of God that we have peace as we focus on and follow the Lord Jesus Christ, who is bigger than the circumstances of life. Sometimes the the turmoil we experience is because there are bad people in our life and they are doing bad things. And for some reason, they've got all the power and the money and the resources and we're getting beaten up and, and kicked from one side to the other. And folks, it isn't fair. But when you have peace with God, you remember, it is by faith that I have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Paul goes on to say who... Uh, through whom we have access into the grace and, and all, that, all the things of God flow into our lives because of Jesus Christ. But, but by faith we have peace as we focus on Jesus Christ. And you can't change other people and you can't, uh, you know, sort of render cosmic justice on other people. What you can do is be faithful to your Father in heaven through faith in Jesus Christ. But let's be honest. Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes the turmoil we feel in our lives is because we're wrong. We've rejected God's will for our lives. Just give you one example is, uh, you know, things aren't going so well or maybe somebody's giving you a hard time at work or, or uh, somebody in the family is just sort of irritating you and you go to God and say, God, why should I put up with that person? This isn't fair. That's wrong, 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 wrong. And God says, I want you to forgive them. You say, no, I won't. Okay. The moment you say, no, I won't forgive, no, I won't be loving, no, I won't be caring, no, I won't be a servant to that person, the moment you say that, you're saying, God, no, I won't do what you want me to do. What does that do? Breaks the peace we have with God. Breaks the experience that we have of God's sovereign glory in our lives. And so the peace is broken. And the turmoil and the conflict is is exacerbated and multiplied because we're in rebellion against God. And at that point, remember, we are justified by faith. We are put right with God when in faith, in trust, in Jesus Christ our Lord, we're made uh, into a a unified relationship with the Father. We're, We're obedient and we're giving him the praise. And then we have peace with God. And that peace with God will get you through the times where other people are, are, are bothering and, and, and opposing and, and uh, being negative in your life and those kinds of things. But it comes by keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. 
him alone for the glory of the Father. So it's by faith that we have peace with God, and it's always through our Lord Jesus Christ. So what I'd like to challenge you about uh, this morning is that you just take that verse and sort of read it and put it in your mind. Three simple steps. By faith, we have peace through Jesus Christ. And this coming week, when, when the turmoil sort of gets out of hand, you know, if, if you encounter a time in your life uh, this coming week where, <laughs> you know, if, if it happens, just go back and say, wait a minute, what does faith mean? Faith means that I believe more in the promises of God than, I, than, than in this, this stuff that's going on around me. I believe more in the goodness and the righteousness and the grace of God than I do in the evil and the, and the, the things that are going on around me. That's, that's what I'm going to believe. And I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus Christ. I'm going to follow his example. And I'm going to work at it. And then I'm going to live out according to the peace of God that is mine as a gift of God's grace through Jesus Christ. Now, let me tell you something about this. You can't do it. I can't do it. I was talking to a friend of mine the, uh, several years, many years ago, and um, uh, I, I was sharing with him um, <laughs> everything that was going wrong in my life. And uh, uh, I was talking about, you know, that this is unfair and that's unfair and all this. And, and, I, and I was talking about, and God's not doing anything. Where's God on this? And it was, it was okay to do this because he was a pastor and he understood, you know. <laughs> but, but anyway, so, so I'm, I'm talking to him and I'm saying, you know, I, I don't see, you know, and then finally I said, where is God in all this? And Clyde says to me, I think he's the same place he was when his son died. I could have leaned over the table and punched him <laughs> because he was right. He was right. And I can't live out the peace of God. And God knows that. God knew it all along. Because, and I'm just going to skip to the end of the paragraph and just give you this, and, and uh, hopefully we'll return to this later on uh, uh, another time. But I want to give you this, the very last half of, the, of verse 5 very last half, and it says this, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts, what does it say, folks? Through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. Trinity alert. We have peace with God the Father through Jesus Christ the Son because God the Holy Spirit has been poured out into our hearts. When you accept Jesus Christ as Lord, God takes up residence in your Life in your heart, in, in, in your body. Your body is a temple of the presence of God. That's the Holy Spirit at work. It was such a liberating day for me when I came to understand I don't have to do all this stuff. I simply have to let the Holy Spirit do it in me and through me. That I didn't have to accomplish all these things and then God would, would somehow bless and, and, and be in my life and those kinds of things. No, I simply had to, by faith in Jesus Christ, have peace with God whereby he sends his Holy Spirit into my life and let the Holy Spirit guide, lead, and direct. It's the Holy Spirit that conforms us to the image of his dear son, God's dear son, Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us the courage of faith to live out for him. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us wisdom and insight. It's the Holy Spirit that lives in us for the sake of the glory of God. I can't do it, and you can't either. God can, and he will do that in your life. When by faith 
In Jesus Christ our Lord, you have peace with God the Father. All right? So that's my challenge to you, is to live out in peace with God. That doesn't mean, oh, I have no conflict. That doesn't mean I don't have any problems. It simply means I have a relationship with God my Father through faith in Jesus Christ that is bigger than any conflict I have on earth. Can you do that? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's do it. Uh, Pray with me. Father in heaven, I'm just so thankful and grateful for grace and the way that you work in our lives to bring yourself the glory. Father, I ask that we would have that courage of faith to stand resolute in our relationship with you, that our eyes would be fixed on Jesus, on things of heaven, not on earth, that we would always look to things above, and that when the things below try to capture our hearts and our minds and, and, and just sabotage our lives, that then we would latch on to the peace we have with you by faith in Jesus Christ. Father, I pray all these things for your glory, that you would be exalted and lifted up in our lives, and I ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.